right, thank you so much, those on the platform. Appreciate your labor. Jeremiah chapter 20 in your Bibles. I want you to open there and go to the Word of God tonight. It was one of the old-time preachers, the early to mid-1800s. He was a preacher of 40 years in whom the glow of ministry and calling had gone bad. And based upon his current status of lost passion, he decided decided to resign. So while in prayer one morning, and he's crying out to God, he said, God, you've commissioned me 40 years. I've blundered. I want to resign. God said, I have not asked you to resign. I've asked you to resign. Now, the nature of life, The nature of ministry, the nature of salvation has a very draining element to it. On the spiritual side of things, we have to continually refresh ourselves and rejuvenate ourselves in order to maintain a passion and a strong drive in our service to God and our service to others. It's easy to come to a place where we're functioning, but we're not functioning with unction or great inspiration. And in some cases, people will just continue in that mode, which is not acceptable. In other cases, people will come to a place that this preacher did just want to resign, put in your resignation. I want to challenge you about re-signing tonight. Getting back lost drive or lost passion and vision for what you're currently doing for God or what you've once done for God. and in your personal walk with God, and in your service to people. So I want to preach a sermon called Resigning or Resigning out of Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 7. O Lord, you induced me, and I was persuaded. You are stronger than I and have prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocks me. For when I spoke, I cried out, I shouted violence and plunder, because the word of the Lord was, had, was made to me a reproach and a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. Resigning or re-signing. And I want to first talk about the necessary compelling for a moment. You know, when we get saved, we must have an encounter with God. Too much of the religious world has made it acceptable to just attend religious services, learn a few worship songs, speak the Christian lingo, and not show any real depth of conversion. When we get saved, we must have an encounter with God. Conversion produces an internal drive for God and for the things of God. That's where it comes from. It isn't because we browbeat you and and guilt you. No, no, that's short-lived. But it's because something that God is doing in our lives. Here's the Apostle Paul, and he's speaking in Philippians 3, this text we've read so many times, verse 12 through 14. Not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. 
Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind me and reaching forward to those things that are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So here's the language of someone who was converted, and the result was an intense drive for God. He says, Christ laid hold of me, and the results in that is that then he laid hold of God. See, that's how it works. God gets a hold of us, and that in turn makes us really want to pursue God. This produced a forward press in the things of God. It produced the ability for him to leave certain things behind and not go back again and get bogged down like so many do. And this is missing in a lot of people today that profess Christ as their Lord and Savior. They say the right things. They, they know the songs, but there's something missing in their approach to God himself, his word, the prayer place, and the ministry of his calling. You know, this is what will keep you through the years. Because you're not always going to be in this cloud nine experience with God. It'd be wonderful, but it's just not reality. I think it was Minnow that said sometime recently in the revival and song, he says, you know, life happens. Wintertime, summertime. That's true. And, and you're not always going to be in this mode of cloud nine. Uh, but you know what will keep you through the years is, is this very thing I'm talking about. Is the old idiom is used to describe having the genuine or the real thing. It's the phrase that you've heard, the real McCoy. You know, when you have real conversion, you have the real McCoy. And while this doesn't make you perfect and it doesn't make you struggle-free, it places you in a certain compelling element which without you will struggle to maintain your life in Christ over the long haul. Now in our text we find a man, on the one hand is struggling, but he's a man that had an encounter with God and in the end that's going to win out with him. Jeremiah is the one that it was said of him in Jeremiah 1, 4, and 5. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet to the nations. So here is this wonderful activity of God at work when he was just an ember in his mother's eye. And yet here God already had his eyes set upon him. And Jeremiah was called to a very difficult calling. And the thing that carried him was the compelling nature of his conversion. God placed a drive, an internal fire, a vision in his life. This carried him. And as you read his ministry, this is a hard thing. You know, this really is what drives a desire for prayer right here. That God has laid hold of us. He has placed a vision in our lives to do something for God. And here he has placed a burden for the lost. And this translates into a thriving prayer life. This is what drives us to prayer. It isn't because somebody's browbeating you about prayer. It's because God is in you. Because something's happening in your life and it drives you. It motivates you. This is what keeps us through the long haul. 
through the seasons of life. And when this is missing, all the opposite is true. The thing is, you can have once had this working in your life, but today perhaps you're just existing and maintaining an unmotivated life for God. For some, you have resigned long ago to a purely church-going experience. The fire has gone out and you've settled into a rut. And you know that resigning doesn't always involve somebody leaving church. For many, it involves staying in church, but having lost the drive, the vision, the sense of calling, the call to sacrifice or surrender only agitates you. Stirs your nest, but in the wrong way. So I want to talk to you then about functioning without heart. Not home. Functioning without heart. In our text, Jeremiah is at a danger point. Now, you know, we have the advantage of having the whole word of God in front of us. So we know he didn't go the wrong way, right? But if you take away and you just put there his struggle point, what happened to Jeremiah? He, he's at a danger point. The pressures and the trials and sacrifice has left him depleted in this state of resignation. Now, I, it'd be nice to say, you know, oh, I, I never thought about quitting. I thought about it a lot of times. Just being real with you. You know, Joe Satriani is a rock blues guitar virtuoso. Now, when you hear him speak about playing and when you watch him play, you can tell he is driven by a passion for what he does. In an interview that I heard, he was asked, do you ever think about quitting? He said, after being on the road and a long night of playing and feeling burned out and tired, I think, that's it. I'm not going to do this anymore. I can feel convinced that this is too much. And then eight hours later, I wake up, I feel refreshed, and I can't wait to get on the next stage. You know, here's the fight we fight. The thoughts of resigning, of quitting, of relieving ourselves of the need for a high level of sacrifice. Because, you know, I don't remember the conversation I was having with Pastor Stevens the other day, but but I know my response to it was, you know, it's very hard to keep a high level of commitment to Jesus Christ. It's not impossible. It's not that, oh, it's insurmountable. But it's not easy either. And this is the fight we fight, the thoughts of resigning, of quitting, of relieving ourselves, of the need for a high level of sacrifice. And it's easy to come to a place in your walk with God or in your ministry or calling where you're spending yourself, but you're not being replenished. And that's a a dangerous formula right there. One of the things I've had to learn over the years in the ministry is how to replenish yourself again and again, because you're carrying more than just your own burdens when you're pastoring. There's a lot that's going on. You're spending yourself on people all the time, constantly emptying yourself, and you have to stay refreshed and replenished in Christ. And it can leave you no longer investing yourself at a motivated level of inspiration, but just kind of 
doing it. So here's where Jeremiah is in our text. He's weary. He's tired. He's worn down by the tension he feels. This has been a difficult task that God gave him. It's coming from these people that are nonstop deriding him and mocking him and and kicking his words back at him. He's preaching uh, and he's basically now he's building this case before God on why he's going to resign from being a prophet. He's not going to preach to these people anymore. That's what he said. I know we can read in the next breath what he said, but if we took that away, I wonder how long that struggle went on for. I bet you it was for some time. He's not going to preach to these people anymore. Fill or find someone else to fill my spot, Lord. There's a very real danger of us functioning without inspiration or passion. And you can do it for a small segment and it's not going to kill you. But you do it for a long time and it's going to create problems. And if we're not careful, we become hirelings of the kingdom. And I'll explain that. Jesus mentioned this in John 10, 11 through 13. He said, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he's a hireling and does not care about the sheep. So Jesus places this contrast for us. He says that I'm the good shepherd. I care about these sheep. I'll lay my life on the line for these sheep. I will pay a price. He stays in the forefront. He gives himself over the long haul. He says, but then there's the hireling or the hired hand. Will only do what he's asked to in order to take home a paycheck. He will not invest himself beyond that. He will not put himself in harm's way or in a difficult place for the sheep. It's called bare minimum Christianity. And if we're not careful, we become hirelings of the kingdom. We're not really there and putting our heart into it and really caring. It's as one preacher said, we lose conviction of divine imperative. You know, what ought to drive us isn't that, oh, there they go, heaping it on us. You know, it's because there's this conviction of divine imperative that God requires of us a life that is connected to him. He's the vine, the branch. And we end up taking charge of our lives. And now we're going to determine how we spend them. Not really asking God or giving him room to speak to us. Because we've already determined. You may even be in ministry. You may be active in the church. But what you're doing is not born out of passion and drive and vision. It's just something you're doing. Something we're maintaining. No longer pouring ourselves out. Sacrificing and giving our very best. We can all come to this place. I've been there numbers of times over the years and had to really catch myself and forge through what I'm talking about. And if you're not careful, the gifts of God in our lives begin to settle into dormancy. God has placed, especially as you've been 
around a while and God has gifted you in areas, uh, the question is, are they are they flourishing? Are they still with the spirit of Caleb in them that I don't think any of us here have been through quite the road that Caleb had to go through with a 40 year of wandering with these people that refused uh, and he had to pay the price with them. But yet when he came to that place again, he was just as stirred and inspired as he was in the beginning. Because it's easy to lose heart for what you're doing. No longer willing to spin yourself at a high level. And I understand there are seasons. And I'm not talking about the seasons where we have a season and, and we know it's a season. We work our way through it. But I'm talking about this is beginning to settle into something beyond that. It's a spiritual condition. It has to do with the critical areas of prayer and Bible reading and church attendance beginning to erode in our lives. Because these really are what prop us up or not. It has to do with unresolved issues in our lives that are killing inspiration. It has to do with having taken your life back into your hands and out of God's hands. We can say, well, I already, and I've heard people say this. Well, I tried it God's way. It didn't work. That's a pretty dangerous statement. I tried it God's way, but it didn't work. I don't know what other way there is. Unresolved issues that we carry week in and week out, month in and month out, year in and year out. You can't expect to prosper doing that. Here's the struggle of Jeremiah. He's telling God, I'm not speaking for you anymore. I'm not going through this. I mean, he's making, I mean, he's making a case before God. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going through this any longer. I've had enough. And you know what? That's okay. You can go there and that's okay. That's not some whole, you know, if you hear someone go in there, don't immediately chastise them and take them out and tar and feather them. I've been there. You would have tarred and feathered me. The question is, how long do you stay there? I've sacrificed enough. I've given of myself enough. So let's talk then about resigning. Or re-signing. Because here's the place that Jeremiah is in our text. On the one hand, he really has had enough. He's weary. He's weak. He's tired. He's given and given and given and given to see very little in return. But it's been good. You know what he tells God? (laughs) God, you deceived me. You strong-armed me into this. Verse 7, Lord, you induced me and I was persuaded. You're stronger than I and you've prevailed. I'm in derision daily. The NIV says, Lord, you deceived me and I was deceived. You overpowered me and prevailed. You ever had that talk with God? Lord, you deceived me. Called me from my mother's womb. Throw me in amongst these bunch of wolves. All they ever do is tear my hide off. Jeremiah is at a critical place. But you know what? He has the goods. 
God has done something in his life. This wasn't some fake thing. This is why it's so important that you really get converted in Jesus. This is why we worry a lot about the kids that have been born into the church, because you need a conversion. Because without this, you're, you're not going to be able to endure what's going to come your way for God. But this man has the goods. He's been powerfully converted. He's gotten caught up in God's destiny. He's doing the will of God. He's in the middle of it. And it wasn't fun. And that's not to say that that's always the will of God. But at this juncture in his life, that's what it was. And he's lost a burden for people. But he's always fostered a heart to obey. And he has a prayer life. And he knows God's word. And now as he's looking to resign, he's putting in his resignation notice. That's it, Lord. But see, this that God has done in him is still there. And he says in verse 9, But if I say I'll not mention him or speak of him anymore, his name, his words, in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones, I'm weary of holding it in, and indeed I cannot. Everything in him wants to quit, but he can't. And instead of resigning, he resigns. As much as Jeremiah tried, he could not resign. And in the end, resigns and finishes his calling. We find a weary, worn down Timothy in whom Paul speaks to. And we don't always get the full feel of what Timothy's going through. And, and Ephesus was a very difficult task that he was thrown into to try to resolve some very intense leadership problems in that church. And, and uh, there was a lot going on. He's, he's young. There's a lot of these that were older than him. There's intimidation going on. And he came to a place where, where he's really beginning to lose his stamina. And Paul speaks to him in 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. Therefore, I remind you, stir up the gift of God that is in you by the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So he's, he's trying to make an appeal to him. You need to take what's in you. You've got the goods. God has done something in your life. You need to dig in again. You need to re-sign. See, we must constantly recall the glow of our original dedication before God. This is why I say all the time you need reference points. And those reference points come through the process of obeying God and stepping out. Uh, and, and, and those seasons come and seasons go. The things you've been through, you won't forget. That's what the whole thing about memorials in the Bible were about. And I remember doing a whole Sunday school years ago on memorials in the Bible. Remember, they can come upon this stack of rocks and those stack of rocks meant something because God said when they went through something there or God moved on their behalf, put rocks there or some sort of a monument. And when your children ask, you're going to tell them what I did.
so that you can replenish yourself, restore your faith. If you've never been dedicated to God, then you need to surrender and give your heart to Christ at this altar tonight. One man said you must constantly recall the glow of that dedication hour and move to richer experiences in the grace of God in Christ. The question is, are you going to resign or resign? It all comes down to replenishing yourself over and over again. You know, if you work out or do any sort of a physical exercise with any intensity, you lose valuable minerals, you spend lots of energy, you burn lots of carbs. And if you're not replenishing these minerals and maintaining a certain level of energy, you're not able, at some point your body just says, that's it. Can't go any further. You'll deplete of all your energy. And it's big money in the industry of different kinds of of drinks and energy bars they sell so you can replenish the vital nutrients. <coughs> I wonder how much of it's a scam, but, but re- replenish the vital nutrients and energy in your body. It's vital that you're replenishing yourself spiritually. Vital. You may be at the very place I'm talking. You may have said, ah, what's the use? Look where I'm at anyway. Well, are you going to resign? Or are you going to resign tonight? Because that's the call. God did not call us to resign. He called us to resign. If all you do is spin yourself and not replenish, then eventually you'll want to resign. You're not going to have what it takes. You're not going to have the heart that's willing to sacrifice and go through bad things again and hardships and sacrifice for ministry. You're not going to be willing to do that. You have to be replenished. It all begins and continues with daily prayer, Bible reading, and obedience before God. I know we wear those out around here, but that's the bottom line. That's the foundational elements of our Christianity. You young people that are in ministry, you better learn how to pray. You better learn how to lay a hold of God. Because this is critical. Some of you used to come to morning prayer and now have faded off and not due to a change of schedule, but due to a change of heart. Is it no wonder that all of a sudden things begin to scramble again in your life? Next thing you know, you're on the sidelines, not interested in getting back in the game. And if you're not careful, the next thing you know, you'll have one foot out the door and your decisions in life will remove you to a place of permanent Resignation. There's not even the heart left to even try anymore. Now, I personally believe with a sermon like this that God is saying, no, I know there's people here, you're tired, you're weary, you're, you're resigning, but, but the ember isn't gone. And if you'll make a decision tonight to re-sign, stop holding on to your life and doing it your way. What's God saying? Because Jeremiah could not live with himself if he was not fulfilling God's will in his life. You know, when we were 
doing the youth, um, it required a lot of us, uh, me and my wife. And, and there, you know, the whole time I was always looking, well, who is God going to have eventually take this? And, you know, for a while it, it wasn't happening. Had a few assistants, didn't work out. And we had to continually refresh ourselves in that place because the last thing we wanted to do was give these kids a, a lame duck effort, half-baked effort, just because we had so much on our plate. But it, it required us to continually dig in and replenish ourselves for that ministry. Jeremiah couldn't live with himself if he wasn't fulfilling God's will in his life. Question tonight, are you going to resign or are you going to re-sign? Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. As we allow God by his spirit to deal with us tonight, help us. God wants to refresh some people here. Usually, first is mental resignation before it's physical resignation. And listen, if we're not really powered up in God, there, there's a lot to this. It's not simple. And then life has a way of getting more complicated as the further you go into it. And then there's those seasons, and then life happens. And obviously, the first and most important thing that I'm talking about is your relationship with God, your prayer life, your relationship to the Word of God, your stirring to witness to people. That's obviously the first and most important thing here. Before I go any further, you're here and you're not right with God. You know what you need? You need an encounter with God. You don't need another religious experience. You don't need to just attend some religious services. You need an encounter with the living God. You need something that is going to arrest your attention. Set your life on a totally different track. You know, when I became a Christian, I was 18 years old. I had just joined the military. And, and my whole reason, really, the initial drive of that was simply because I didn't know what else to do. I had issues going on where I lived, and so I just kind of got away. But I really didn't have a lot of secured ambitions in life. But when I became a Christian, I tell you, one of the very first things God began to do is just set my course in life. Just begin to set me in a direction, and I knew that I knew that I knew where I was going in life. Because I was apprehended, because I had an encounter with a living God. I didn't just join a church or have some religious services or learn some Christian songs. God got a hold of me, forgave me, changed me, broke me, set me free. That's what you need tonight. You may be attending this church, you've been some time, but you don't have that. You've not had a real encounter with God. You can at this altar tonight. 
You're here and God is dealing with you about the condition of your heart before God. Getting right with God, aligning with His purposes. It may not all make sense to you, and, but one thing you need to understand, we're sinners before a holy God and we need to be converted. It takes repentance, asking God to forgive you. And He will encounter your life. And I'm telling you, you'll walk away from an altar and it seems like the simplest thing in life that you just did praying this prayer. But something is so different all of a sudden. Because you're dealing with God here. And you're ready for that tonight. You're ready to have an encounter with God. Change your life. Change the course of your life. And I want to ask you to do something. If that's you, God's dealing with you. You're ready to go on record and let us pray with you. You'd lift your hand up so I can see it. Thank you here. Who else? I'm ready to go on record tonight. I'm surrendering my life to Jesus Christ. I'm asking Him to forgive me. I'm asking Him to change me. God, have my life. I don't want to hold on to it, do my thing anymore. I'm ready to ask forgiveness. Who is that be? God's dealing with you tonight. You just put your hand up so I can see it. And we're going to pray with you tonight. Who would that be? God's dealing with you. I'm not right. I have some religious knowledge. I've been around church perhaps, but I have not really had an encounter that radically changed my life. But you're ready for that tonight. This is your night. You say, that's me. Pray for me, preacher. Lift your hand up. Who would that be? God's dealing with you right now. Come to Jesus. Lift it up so I can see it. Put it up. Go on record before God. Lord, here it is. Give him a wave offering. Lord, here I am. Take my life. Change me. Forgive me tonight. I'm ready for an encounter with the living God. Who else with this honest heart would lift your hand up and say, that's me. You may be backslidden. You had the goods. You walked with God. But you're not tonight. But you know what? God has spared you. He's drawing in your heart again. Don't, don't pass the opportunity by. God's drawing you tonight. You lift your hand up. That's me. Would you pray with me? I'm ready to get right. I'm ready to rededicate. I'm re-signing tonight. Once again, give my life over to Jesus Christ. Who would that be? God's dealing with you right now. God's dealing with you. Go on record. That's me, preacher. Pray for me tonight. Lift your hand up. Put it up high so I can see it. Others along with this honest heart. Who else God's dealing with? Thank you very much. You can put that hand down. There's others. You're, you're in the fight of your life. You're feeling it right now. You're feeling it right now. There's a fight for your life. You're... you're you're, you're battling in this thing. Are you going to resign or resign tonight? Are you going to commit your life to Jesus Christ? Or are you going to hold it to yourself? Because Jesus said, if you keep your life, you lose it. But if you give your life, you save it. What are you going to do tonight? There's others here. Two honest hearts. Who else? Uh, God's dealing with you. Put your hand up so I can see it. Lift it up high. And we want to pray with you. Uh, God's dealing with you right now. This is your moment of truth. This is your encounter with God tonight. Uh, this is what you've been praying about. What are you waiting for? I'm ready. Pray for me. Lift your hand up so I can see it. Who else? God's pulling right now. I feel it. Thank you so much. Who else? God's pulling on you right now. It's like a battle. It's like a backward and forward. Your mind's going crazy on you right now. Surrender to Jesus. Uh, Call the devil a liar. Amen. Who would that be? Lift your hand up so I can see it. And we're going to pray with you tonight. Thank you so much. Who else? God bless you. Who else? The fight, the fight, the fight right now. It's like a tug of war. Who else? God's dealing with you right now. Okay. 
All of you that lifted your hand, I want you to look at me eye to eye. You meant that here? You meant that here? I, I believe you did. You meant that over there? Somebody else, who was it? Whoever it was, come. I need to meet me at this altar right now. Come. God bless you. God bless you. There was somebody else who ever saw. Help us out. These brothers are going to come pray with you. Every other head. There you are. Yes. Every other head is bowed. Are you going to resign or resign? And resigning doesn't mean that people leave church. Just kind of disengage themselves. Or stay involved, but with a minimum effort. Some of you, you're in ministry. You need to resign tonight. What I mean by that is you need to start giving your effort again. You need to start pouring yourself back into your ministry. I know I've been there. I've been there. You're pouring yourself. And the years pass and so much. You know, I have the advantage of having stayed in a city 11 years pastoring the same church. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of things you go through when you stay long term in a place. uh, And a lot of weary seasons you go through. But you've got to resign. That's what this altar is about tonight. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet and I'm going to invite you to come. Make a place before God. I'm telling you, there's refreshing, there's renewal. And let it translate again into your prayer life and the way that you pray with the focus and the consistency and the effort and the passion. Let it translate into your search of the scriptures again that will inspire you and bring life in your spirit. There's refreshing for the weary tonight. And I know there are weary souls here. And weariness is not a sinful disposition. It's something that we all come to time and again. It's not that you've done anything wrong. It happens, but what are you going to do with it? Are you going to allow it to be your resignation? Or are you going to resign tonight? Have a fresh encounter with the living God. A fresh touch of heaven on your life. God will help you tonight. Oh, God, be lifted up tonight, Lord. Touch every soul at this altar. Lord, a fresh encounter by the Holy Ghost right now. God, help your people tonight. Restore and renew God lost vigor and lost passion. That fire, Lord, uh, that deposit you've made, let it be stirred again. The gift of God within, let it be stirred again right now at this altar. Let decisions be made that will bring a shift. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, but it was like a fire shut up in my bones. And though I didn't want to speak, I couldn't hold it in. I was weary of holding it in. See, God has made a deposit in some lives here and you've been holding it in. You need to to go after it again. You know what happens when you don't is it frustrates your life. It frustrates the process. And all you have then is, is this kind of unresolved chaos going on around your life. It's always this friction, this frustration. It's kind of 
two steps forward, step or two back. I tell you, if you'll make resolve tonight, stop trying to figure it all out. Just make the resolve at this altar. Re-sign with God and watch what He'll do. Lord, I can't. You'd be surprised what you can do. And again, I'm not just talking about a seasonal thing and something you're working through. I'm talking about something that's settled on you. You know it's settled on you. It's a status that you've got to push back. It's a, it's a, it's a dreadful thing to be in ministry and not feel a real passion for what you're doing. And again, I'm not talking about just that segment of time you work it through your back. I'm talking about it's settled in now. It's settled in. I'll tell you, some of the greatest fights of my life were here I am taking a pulpit on a Sunday morning, but, but all week I've been in the fight of my life just to keep myself afloat. I had to have a fresh encounter with God. Had to. There was nothing else that was going to do it. Many of those times, I can tell you, it was either a real radical decision to shift or the other times that it happened was in just intense prayer meetings that were prolonged prayer meetings that I just went at a random time of the day and threw myself at God's altar and prayed until something shifted. I want you to stand right where you're at. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for an encounter with God right at the altar. Don't go back to your seat. We're going to pray for a fresh encounter with God. And the way you're going to follow this up is the first thing in the morning, you're going to make it your business to pray. If you can't come to church, scheduled geographically, don't have a car, whatever, you're going to pray at your house. And I mean lay a hold of God. I mean, put your face to the altar and really push it through. Touch heaven. Open the word with the intent that God is going to speak to me today. And ultimately, make a decision tonight. This is the most important part. I'm not resigning. I'm going to resign. Lift your hands and surrender before God and pray with me. Oh, God in heaven. I need a fresh deposit of your spirit in my life. God, fill me again. Renew me. Mount me up with the wings of eagles. Cause me to run and not be weary. To walk and not be faint. God, tonight I'm putting away my resignation. And I am re-signing at this altar, Lord, lay hold of me. Once again, I commit myself in the name of Jesus. Lift your voices in worship. God, we thank you tonight. I kondi bi arramando robo corre I kondi bi karaba soro corre bese 
Oh, God in heaven, we thank you tonight, Lord. We worship you, oh God. Hallelujah. Worthy to be praised, oh God. Fill the assembly, Lord, with all that you are. Touch every life right now. Holy Spirit of God, move, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord and Savior, and the robo Hallelujah, hallelujah. God is good. God is good. Amen. Before you leave this altar, I'm re-signing. What it all means, but I'm doing it. God's going to help me. God's going to meet with me. He's going to re-energize, refocus. There'll be a fresh dedication. There'll be a renewed vigor. You know, I mean, I've said it many times. You've heard me, but just the whole thought of Caleb in his 40 years, he's now 80 years old, and there's still this amazing drive for God in his life. That tells you. That though your body's getting older, and I realize that means you go to sleep earlier, that's wise. You know, that's a that's good doctrine. Even take a nap here and there, that's good doctrine. That that's Holy Ghost stuff right there. But it doesn't mean your spirit has to deteriorate. That can stay alive and kicking and inspired and stirred, and that's what we're after tonight. And that's what God'll do. Amen. So we're gonna go from here. Get up in the morning and seal it with a real Holy Ghost prayer meeting that you lay a hold of God and God will help us. Amen. And then we have a weekend of different things between Bible studies, Spanish service tomorrow, Bible studies Friday, Saturday prayer and outreach, Edge, back in church Sunday. Let's go and fellowship. Thank God. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. We're rejoicing. Abel Pasillas lifting his voice, dismissing us tonight. Everything that we do, my God, we do it all for your glory, my God. We give you all the praise and all the...